Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the IKP, the Isaiah Kid Podcast. I'm back and ready, locked and loaded and ready. Uh, we got some really good topics on the board. Uh, thank you guys for streaming this podcast and can, can and continue to stream this podcast. Whatever, however you stream it on whatever DSP you use or what, whatever app you use, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon, whatever, wherever you found this podcast, thank you and continue to stream off of that DSP or off that app. Um, so we got a lot to get into today. We got a, we really do got a lot to get into today. Uh, I have I have some Cam Newton uh, a Cam Newton story I want to break down that's been floating around the last week. I'm gonna touch bases on it finally, um, and then we're gonna talk about Baker. I like what Baker Mayfield said um, in his first interview during off season. He has not been he's not been a vocal he's not been really vocal at all this off season, and I like how he's approaching this upcoming season. It's, uh, it, it, I think it's going to prove my point right about uh, what I think about Baker and the Browns for this upcoming year. We, 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 so we got a lot to get into. We're going to dig. We're going to dig deep. There's also some disgruntled older former players uh, in, in, in the NBA over the MJ doc. We got some former players that are still a little salty and disgruntled. I'm going to touch bases on that. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a former player thing, but I think it's more of a basketball coach. But let's get into it. Let's start with Baker Mayfield. So Baker Mayfield, I've been really critical of Baker. I've been really critical of Baker, and I've been critical of him because of his play, because of his actions. Uh, I, I, you know, th- throughout the season. I I I was I, I saw so many commercials with Baker in it. I'm like, this guy he, he, Baker has more commercials than actual football wins. He I mean he has commercials like he's won a couple of Super Bowls. I saw him on a lot of commercials, every progressive commercial. I saw Baker Mayfield in, and I didn't particularly like that. I didn't particularly like that. Uh. He it seemed like he was more focused on his brand. He was very much vocal. Uh, his the Browns were loud and obnoxious last year. They you know a lot of people was a lot of people had really high expectations for the Browns. I was on it all year before the season. I said it during when you know right before the season started. I said it during the middle of the season I said it and then as the season continued and as the se- season concluded I was proven right I was proven right with a with a couple of media members that did not buy into the hype of the Cleveland Browns and first year head coach of you know Freddie Kitchens but in Baker's latest in his first interview this is the first time he's actually speaking to the public throughout this offseason I must say uh, Baker, I, I I don't follow Baker on social media, but I follow Odell Beckham, and Odell and Odell Beckham hasn't been he hasn't been out he hasn't been in the public eye a lot. Uh, I see him post Call of Duty stats, like he hasn't been he hasn't been in the public eye as much, and he's keeping a low profile, which I like. Baker Mayfield, like I said, he hasn't spoken he hasn't spoken to the he hasn't speaking to the public since the off season or 
during this offseason. And the first time he actually spoke out, it was on a you know, virtual call. It was on a call, of course. But Baker said, Baker said this. It's time to do our thing instead of talking about it. That was a paraphrase. That was a one that was one little sentence that I that I that um that I you know that I'm telling you guys. But you can go look you can go look at it. And he's basically so basically Baker's having some he's he he's gonna have some humble pie. He's uh he's not gonna be as uh cocky and out outspoken as he as he's as he was previously. Baker's taking on a new attitude. And I like this new attitude. And this speaks to my point. This fervor highlights my point about the Browns having a bounce back year and about Baker having a bounce back year as well. But I also think Baker is sensing and he is coming to the realization that, um, bro, this is th- th- like, if you can't, like, and I, and I said it when I made my predictions, if Baker can't win eight or nine games, if he can't win nine games, with this roster, something's wrong. Something's wrong, and Cleveland very well, Cleveland may very well have to move off of Baker. But I want to highlight some things before I even dig deeper than that. I want to highlight some things. I want to I want to highlight some things. So everybody talks about Baker and how great of a rookie, how historic a rookie year he had. I mean, if you look at the numbers, yeah, he did have that. He did put up good numbers his rookie year, but um. I would I would I would challenge people that uh that that uh, that you know agrees and often echo those sentiments. I would I would challenge them to minus the Cincinnati Bengals games because for the last two years the, the you know last year was Baker's first year starting quote unquote and then Baker's rookie year he came in and played um, several games he came in and played for most for a good for a good part of the season. And he played since he's played Cincinnati four times. He's played Cincinnati four times. In those four times, he is three and one. He has ten touchdowns with five interceptions. But get this: if you minus the Cincinnati Bengals game, because I don't know if you guys know, we well you should know, the Cincinnati Bengals have had the worst defense in the last two years. In the last two years, nobody has no other team has had as worse of a defense as the Cincinnati Bengals. So, Baker, if you take out minus his four games, his four career games against the Cincinnati Bengals, Bengals, and this is what you get: you get a nine and sixteen record with a sixty-one completion percentage and a and a, and a pass rating of eighty-four with a touchdown interception ratio of thirty-nine to twenty. Thirty-nine touchdowns, thirty interceptions. Excuse me, thirty interceptions. Thirty-nine touchdowns, thirty interceptions. You get that, those are Baker's stats. Those, those, those like and, and remember, Baker's number one pick. Baker's had a good supporting cast. Baker's had Baker's had nice weapons. He's had nice weapons throughout his tender in Cleveland. But he has a nine and sixteen record. He has a nine and sixteen record. A, a completion percentage of sixty one. If you take away the games against the worst defense in the league that he's been playing against every year, Baker, he's below average. He's not even average. He's below average. But like I said, I don't think Baker is below average. And I think he'd be much better this year. This upcoming year, I think he'd be much better. I think you'll see a different Baker Mayfield. 
Um, and he's telling us this. Now, you know, instead of him telling it, he got to show us, obviously. But I think he's coming to his senses. He's coming to the realization that results matter. And I, and I said it throughout the regular season. This league can humble you. This league can humble you. Baker's walking all around with his chest out, poked out. This league can humble you. And I think that's what, that's what happened this past year. The Browns got humbled. Baker Mayfield got humbled. And like I said, and, and you can go back and listen to my previous episodes or, you know, my episodes throughout the regular season and, through, and while football was going on. You can, you can go back and look at, listen to those episodes. But I often said, I didn't think John Dorsey, I, I think John Dorsey as a GM, the trades that he made that the previous off, last offseason didn't like him. And then the hire he made with hiring Freddie Kitchens as the head coach, first year head coach, clearly it, it clearly showed Freddie Kitchens was not ready for this type of job. He was not ready for this type of job. Simple as that. And then that's where I gave, then, you know, I gave blame to John Dorsey, the GM, gave, gave, gave some blame to, uh, to Freddie Kitchens. And then that's where I often got on Baker Mayfield as the quarterback, as the face of the franchise, as, you know, with him being the number one overall pick, I got on Baker. I got on Baker. And I think he's coming to the realization, because get this, he has Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski, I'm a big fan. I like what he's I like he's he, he's created um a, a a good reputation in Minnesota. He's created a, a a really good reputation in Minnesota as a good offensive mind. And Cleveland and Minnesota, like the Minnesota rosters he's had the last few years, it's very similar to the Cleveland roster that he has now. Minnesota had two good receivers. Cleveland does. Cleveland has two, like two really good receivers. Minnesota did did too, um, until they traded away Stephon Diggs. Uh, Cleveland, had, Minnesota had a really good running back, a dynamic running back. Cleveland has a dynamic running back in Nick Chubb. They actually have two, and two really good ones, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And then you know you add in the tight end Kyle Rudolph from Minnesota. Cleveland has two good tight ends, Austin Hooper and uh, and David Njoku. So this, this so you're going to see a similar offense to what you saw in Minnesota and Cleveland. It's going to be run first. They're going to run the ball. They're going to feed their backs. And they're going to set up occasionally the deep, the, the, the deep play action pass for Baker to throw. They're going to set the, they're going to set the throw up. They're not going to set the run up. They're going to run the ball. And then with them running the ball, they're going to set the throw up. They're going to set up the passing game. And... I just want to read you out the list of quarterbacks that Kevin Stefanski have take, have that his during his tender in Minnesota he has led and guide to the playoffs. Uh, he's taken Tavares Jackson to the playoffs. He's taken Christian Ponder to the playoffs. He's taken Case Keenum to the playoffs. Remember that that year Case Keenum went like twelve and four. Yeah, he yeah Kevin Stefanski did that with Case Keenum. Um, Teddy Bridgewater he took to the playoffs and Kirk Cousins he took to the playoffs for the last two years. So you 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 see the co- so you see the correlation, and most of those guys in that list, talent wise, are inferior to Baker Mayfield, talent wise, just talent. Because if you look at it, 
Baker, he has more talent than Tavares Jackson and Christian Ponder. Um, he has a stronger arm than Case Keenum. He has a stronger arm than Teddy Bridgewater. And Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins may be the better. Kirk Cousins may be a little bit better than Kirk than um than Baker Mayfield. But those, but those other four quarterbacks, Baker, they, I mean, he may not be like an overall talent. He may not be overall talented, like better talent than him. But he has stronger arms than those guys. And uh, I think Baker's a little bit better than all those guys. Uh, you know, if you exclude Kirk Cousins, but. Christian Ponder, Case Keenum, Chavars Jackson. I think Baker as a talent is better than those guys. I think he's better than those guys. And if Baker underachieves this year again, which I don't think he will, I think Baker will have a bounce back year along with the Browns. I picked the Browns to go to the playoffs and finish second in the AFC North. So I don't think he will. I don't think um, Baker is going to have a bad year or he's going to have a similar year to last year. But if if that does very well happen, if he underachieve, he's out of there. Because I look at a guy like Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky, you know, we talk bad. I mean, the, the league talks bad about Mitch Trubisky. And uh, rightfully so. Because I, 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 like, I don't like his arm. I don't like his accuracy. I don't, I, you, know, I, you know, Mitch Trubisky, he's just, not a, he's just not a good starting quarterback in this league. But he has a 19-10 record. He has a Mitchell Trubisky has a nineteen and ten record, and we're talking about and with and you know Chicago's not you know they declined his fifth year option. Chicago's not trying to extend him. Chicago brought in Nick Foles. <laughs> Chicago brought in comp- competition at the quarterback position. They they you know GM came out. I mean he practically came out and said, "Hey, we made a mistake at drafting Mr. Trubisky so high." That's basically what he said. And then they declined his fifth-year option. So they're, they're not all in on Mr. Trubisky, and he's 19-10. and 10. If Baker has another losing year, if Baker underachieves, uh, Baker, you know, I look at, because Kevin, you know, Kevin Stefanski, and, and you look at the list of the quarterbacks that he has taken and guided to the playoffs, and if Baker like falls short, if Baker has another six and ten year or seven and nine year, which I don't think is going to happen, but if it does happen, we're going to be looking at Baker, and Baker's going to be in the hot seat. And I think he's realizing that. I really do think Baker is realizing that. So uh, let's shift gears. Let's shift. Let's shift gears one quick second to the NBA. And I'm going to give you guys my playoff predictions. I'm going to give you guys my playoff predictions because this is what I was, this is what I was planning to do as we as this as the regular season was approaching its end, and as we've gone into the regular playoffs, uh, <laughs> I thought um, I was going to give you guys my playoff predictions. But I'm going to do the one through sixteen NBA reseeding, so it's all. It's, it's it's all the teams that made the playoffs. All you know, eight eight teams from the Western Conference, eight teams from the Eastern Conference, and it's a one through sixteen format, and it's a reseeding format. So the Bucks would have the number one seed. The Lakers would have the number two seed. Well, let me just read off the playoff matchups. If you don't know, so I know most of you guys probably do know, but if you do not know, these are the playoff matchups for the first round. If just if the NBA 
was to do the one through sixteen reseeding playoff matchups. Uh, where both conferences uh, come together. Uh, Milwaukee would play the number 16 seed, uh, so the best, the best team would play the worst seed. Uh, Milwaukee would play Orlando. Uh, the Lakers would play number two seed. Lakers would play the 15 seeded Brooklyn Nets. Uh, and then you would have your number three seed would be the Toronto Raptors going against the number 14 seed, Memphis Grizzlies. Uh... Then you have Boston and Philly. Uh, well, no, you would have Clippers, Dallas, then Boston and Philly. Then Denver, Indiana, Utah and Houston, Oklahoma City and Miami. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go round by round, uh, series by series, and I'm gonna make my playoff predictions right here. This was if the NBA. If this is if the NBA goes with this uh, format, which. I like this format. I think for the for the given circumstances of COVID nineteen and the NBA, you because what the NBA doesn't want to do, they don't want to compete with the NFL during September. They don't want to do that. That's a no no. They don't want to go. They don't want this. They don't want the NBA finals or the NBA playoffs to stretch all the way out into mid September because then. You'll be conflicting yourself, and then there you'll be on. You'll, you'll be on. You'll be trying to compete with the NFL, and you don't want uh, uh you don't want a a, Dem- a Denver Broncos and Chiefs game to have more ratings. You don't have. You don't want it to have higher ratings than the NBA Finals. That would be a bad look. That'd be a bad look for the league. So let's let's start. Let's start right here. So Milwaukee versus Orlando. Uh, I saw the season series matchups. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't close. Uh, Milwaukee. I have Milwaukee winning this round. They beat Orlando four zero. I don't think Orlando. The home court advantage would. The home court advantage wouldn't matter. Uh, I, I'm supposing these things are gonna. These, these the playoffs are gonna take place at Disney World. It still wouldn't matter for the Magic. Uh, Milwaukee. They yeah. They they won't lose to Orlando in the first round. Uh, next series, uh, Lakers versus Brooklyn. This is interesting. Um, I would. This is obviously. This is interesting, but it's obvious. I'm gonna pick the Lakers to win in four games, uh, maybe five games if Brooklyn has Kyrie. But um, you know, everybody's been entertaining the fact that Kevin Durant could possibly come back. I don't think the Brooklyn Nets would do that. I don't think Kevin Durant would do that. Uh, I, you know, they look at it. This is not a one-year thing. This is, he's not a one-year rental. This is more of a four, a three-year, four-year process that the Brooklyn Nets have uh, with KD and Kyrie. But um, primarily KD, I think if Kyrie was to recover from his from his shoulder surgery, I think he'll probably play. There's, there's probably a better chance he'll play. But I have the Lakers winning this, this series in, in four games. Um, let's transition to Toronto versus Memphis. Uh I like both styles of play. I think Memphis is a really good young I think it's a really young team. Uh good, has a lot of upside. I'm a big fan of John Morant. Uh I think if the if he would have I think if the Grizzlies would, you know, if the season would have continued, I think the Grizzlies would have kept their eighth spot and I think he would have won rookie of the year. But uh I this Grizzlies team, I they they clearly don't have enough to beat Toronto. I think it would be an interesting series. I would probably pick Toronto to win in five games. 
been five games. I think that's fair. Um, but Toronto, I think, it, you know, their championship medal uh, that they have going against a young team in the playoffs, I think, I think Toronto will win this series easy. Um, Clippers in Dallas. So this is a tough one. The Clippers versus Dallas. Uh, I would take the Clippers. I, 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 I would definitely take the Clippers, but uh, I, I see this series going six games. I would have this series going, uh, I think this is a com- competitive six-game series. Uh, I like Dallas. Dallas can score in bunches. I don't know, uh, like de- defensively, I don't think they can calculate, I don't think they can generate enough stops defensively. I watched them a lot this all, this regular season. And they can score the hell out of the ball. They can shoot the ball, and but but you know with Luca and Kristaps, they're two young European stars. Uh, I just don't think they play enough defense for me to beat the Clippers. The Clippers are too be they'd be too deep. I think the Clippers will have too many scoring options. So I would take the Clippers definitely, but I think this would be a tough six game series. I'm take the Clippers though. Um, Denver. Well, no, let me do Boston versus Philadelphia. Boston's the five seed. Philadelphia is the 12th seed. I would take Boston. I think this series would be a five-game series. Uh, in, the 33, in the 33 games that Brad Stevens has played Philadelphia, he owns them. He owns Philadelphia. He own, he like he literally owns Philadelphia. He's 23 and 10. He's won 23 out of 33 games against Philadelphia. So I would pick Boston to win this series in five. And just with and with the Sixers, we just don't know who they are. Um, you know, we don't we don't we don't have we don't we don't have an image. We don't we don't know what their style is. We don't we don't know. We just don't know. Uh we often see Embiid either hurt. Or if he's not hurt, he's either out of shape because he's recovering from an injury. Um, ben Simmons still, I, I like Ben Simmons a lot as a player, but his jump shot will continue to hurt. I mean, as long as him and Embiid are on the same team, it will continue to hurt and limit the offense and what the Sixers can do. It, 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 it will always, it, It's always going to limit the Sixers offensively um, until Ben Simmons developed that jump shot. Plus, I, th- I feel like they lack leadership. They're too di- like I, I get too many different phases with Philadelphia. The six, the down the Celtics, they know who they are. They're well coached. They have um, young stars, young wing players. They know the, the 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 Celtics know their identity. So I would take the Celtics in five games. Um, this is a really this is a compelling series as well. Denver versus Indiana. I would take Denver, but I think Indiana would. Be, I think Indiana is good enough to win a game or two. But I would definitely take the Nuggets to win this series. I think with Yoke, with the combination of uh, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and the bench of the of the Nuggets, I think it would be too much for the Pacers to overcome. But I do think the Pacers will be good. I think they. I think they're good enough to win a game. I think the Pacers are good enough to win a game and still a game for the Nuggets. So, but I had the Nuggets winning that game. I had the Nuggets winning that series. Next, uh, this is a really compelling series. So you would have Miami, well, OKC versus Miami. Ah, I would take, I would take Miami. I would take Miami. Miami, 
Mm. I would take Miami. I'm gonna take Miami. This is a this is really a throwback series. So if you're into like '90s basketball, early 2000s basketball, if you're like really into that, this this would be a good series to watch. Oklahoma City, Miami, two two similar play styles. Both teams, well, especially Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City has really overachieved. Uh, nobody really saw Oklahoma City being that competitive in the Western Conference, and guys like Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Danilo Gallinari have been made, have been key contributors to their to their teams. Uh, now, the thing that gets me with this series is I like Miami's youth. I think they have the best player in the series, which is Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is the best player in the series. But as I look at veteran leadership and playoff moxie and who's more experienced, the Thunder are a little bit, a bit more experienced. But I'm going to still take the heat. I'm going to take the heat because of their defensive, their defensive prowess. They pride themselves on defense. I like Eric Spolstra as a coach. He's really underrated as a coach. I thought he was underrated during those years in Miami with the big three. I thought he was underrated. But um, I think people are starting to see his true worth. But I like their coach, Eric Spolstra. They value defense. And it's gonna be it's gonna be that series where it's not a lot of hundred point games. There's a lot of low ninety. You're gonna get that low ninety kind of a slow slow tempo. Miami. I do like the fact that Miami could really stretch the floor with their young guys, though. So I think that would I think uh, that would do it. Um, and then the last series, Utah versus Houston. Uh, I like I, I was really big on Utah throughout the season. But as Bondon, as Bonjon Bondanovich, uh, he had he had for um, wrist surgery, I think it was. He had he had he had surgery. He uh, he just had that surgery. Uh, what last week, two weeks ago? I think that hurts them offensively. That hurts them offensively, and even with him, they struggle offensively. So without him, you're losing a guy that scores nineteen to twenty points a night. I think that's too much to ask for Utah offensively, especially going against Houston, because we all know Houston has no problem scoring the basketball. But I think that would that would that would create some offensive uh, limitations for the for the for the Jazz. So I would take Houston in a tough five or six game series. I would take Houston to win that series. So let's go on to the second round. The second round. Milwaukee versus Miami, I would take Milwaukee, even though I think that would be a tough six-game series for the Bucs. I would take Milwaukee. Uh, I think I would take their I would take their moxie. I would take their veteran leadership. Uh, you know, they've been in these type of situations more than Miami, a young Miami team. I would take the Bucs to win this series in six games. Boston versus the Clippers. Now these the, the season series between these two teams were really good. They were they they were really good games. I would take the Clippers in a seven game series. I would take the Clippers. I think uh, it, as far as a coaching standpoint, love both both coaches, Doc Rivers, Brad Stevens, both really good coaches. Um, Boston, I like their young guys. I think Tatum definitely was taking his game to the next level at like a superstar status. Like I think I thought Tatum, you know, going into the the, the the closing part of the regular season, he was really taking his game to the next level. But uh I would take the Clippers. The Clippers are much deeper. 
I trust them more defensively. I would take the Clippers. Uh, they had, I think they had, they 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 had the best player in the series in Kawhi. Um, I I I think I would take the Clippers in seven games though. I would th- I would I would probably take the Clippers in seven games. So those who that you know, so we got the we got Milwaukee winning beating Miami. Then we got Clippers beating the Boston the Boston Celtics. Okay, so we got Lakers in Houston in the Houston Rockets. I think the Houston Rockets will take this series to six games, but I think the Lakers will win. The Lakers will win this series, but I think the Lakers would win in six games. The Lakers will win in six games. Um, I think the last time the Lakers played the Rockets, Houston came to the Lakers played the Rockets. Houston came to LA, and Harden didn't have a great shooting night, and Westbrook had a phenomenal night, and Houston was hitting a lot of jump shots. So I think that happens a couple times in the series. But I think overall, the Lakers are a, a, a well-put-together team. I think the size mismatch will eventually catch up with the, with the Houston Rockets. And I think, the, I think the Lakers will be able to cash in. Uh, I think, and I think they'll win this series in six games. Um, Denver and Toronto. I'm going to take, take the Raptors. I think the Raptors win this series off a of championship medal and championship moxie. Uh, I think uh, I think Siakam will. I think Siakam is ready to take to the next level. So I would take. I like. I, I, I will. I like Nuggets, and I have nothing against Jokic, but I don't think Jokic is ready to take it to the. I don't think he's ready to be a superstar. And this is, this would certainly be the series where he can you know he can prove himself and prove his worth. But I think the Raptors will win this series just based off of you know based off a of championship moxie. Knowing how to win, knowing what to do, having veteran guys that can hit big shots. I don't see enough of those guys for the Nuggets. Um, so let's go on to the conference finals, or not the conference finals, but the semifinals. Let's go into the semifinals. So we got Milwaukee versus the Clippers. I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Bucks. I think the Bucks win. I'm going to take the Bucks. I think the Bucks win. I think Giannis gets over the hump and he heads to the NBA Finals. Lakers versus the Raptors. I think the Lakers win in six games. I think the Lakers will. Um, I think they had the they had the best player in the series. I'm going to take the Lakers to beat the Raptors in six games. And then in my NBA Finals, I have the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Lakers. I'm going to take the Lakers to win in six games. I think the Lakers win in six games. Simple as that. I think the, I don't think the, I think the Bucks, the Bucks players, their role players, I don't think will come through. I, I, I would trust, I trust LeBron and his point guard skills to get others involved. Uh, I like the I like the veterans that the Lakers have, such such as guys Dwight Howard, Danny Green, Avery Bradley, LeBron himself, JaVale McGee. Those guys have played in NBA Finals. Some of those guys have won titles, and I think that I think they're I think the Lakers role players will break through. Plus, you know, Milwaukee don't have nobody that can guard LeBron. Milwaukee, LeBron, Milwaukee has nobody that can guard LeBron, and then if you you know if you put Giannis on LeBron, then you, you leave Anthony Davis. So Giannis will be guarding Anthony Davis, and I, and that would be that would leave 
you know, I don't see I, no, no nobody on Milwaukee can guard LeBron. So I think I think the Lakers will win in the NBA Finals in six games against the Milwaukee Bucks. Those are my playoff predictions. Those are my playoff predictions. I feel I feel pretty confident about those. It's some really good matchups in this series, in these playoffs, uh, in this reseeding. But I like this. I like this a lot. That yeah, Lakers in six games. That's what I'm going with. Lakers in six games. LeBron gets his fourth ring. He becomes the the first the the the, the first player ever to win three championships with three different teams and three Finals MVPs. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Great storyline. I don't see no asterisk. I think the Lakers will win this. I think the Lakers will win the title in six games. Okay, we ain't go nowhere, we ain't go nowhere, we did not go anywhere. We did not go anywhere. Um, we're going to transition into um, Michael Jordan. Um, <laughs> some, Like I said, some players, some former players are disgruntled in how Michael Jordan portrayed them. Isaiah Thomas, I don't get why he's disgruntled. He was... Um, he he was picky, often uh, you know he was he was irritating. He was often a, he was he was an irritant. He was an irritant. And Jordan Michael, jo, you know Michael Jordan wasn't the only player on the Dream Team that didn't want to play with Isaiah. Like Charles Barkley had his issue. Carmelo had his issue. <laughs> Larry Bird had an issue with him. Matt Johnson. Like there was a lot of guys that were that are better than Isaiah. And didn't want to win the team. So, Clyde Drexler, and before I even get into this, I feel like it's, it's, I don't know what it is, but it must be just like America's basketball culture. Because in the European leagues and these other leagues across the, across the globe, you just don't get, you don't get this type, the same type of feel. You don't get the same type of feel. But, as far as when players are criticized, because we often romant we we often romanticize about these NBA stars' talent and how well they can shoot and their handle and their their stylish clothes. We often we often are positive about that, and well, and we talk well of NBA superstars. And like I said, we romanticize over. These certain things, but I don't know what it is. It it starts grassroots into AAU, into college basketball, and to the NBA, the pros. There is in the bad, in, in, you know, in, in, within our basketball culture in America, we can't criticize the star players because you know they run, they they run, they run coaches out of some, they, some of them run coaches out of town, you know if. If a media, if a local media member says something bad about them, they don't want to talk to them no more. They they just totally shut them out. They shut them down. Somebody put something in the newspaper. Somebody put something in the blogs. Remember Kevin Durant had that bad playoff game against Memphis. He had that bad playoff game. He had a stinker against Memphis, 
and the, the I, I forgot like the headline, but in the in the new in the Oklahoma City newspaper, but it wasn't a good headline. It, it, it wasn't a good. I, I forgot. I, I forgot what the headline was, but it bothered the hell out of Durant. It bothered the hell out of Durant. And too often in our basketball culture, quote unquote, that's too often the case. That's too often the issue. So Clyde Drexler, you know, all these star players, are, you know, not all of them. Because Carl Malone, I said I saw what he had to say, didn't say anything bad about Michael. Patrick Ewan said, hey, I'm not, I don't want to relive the, the beatdowns that I had to take. He said he doesn't want to relive it. I understand. Charles Barkley, I understand. Magic Johnson, he's a nice guy. He's a cool guy. But these other guys, Horace Grant, who wasn't a great player. He was a good player. He was a good player. He was good. He was good at what he did. But uh, you look at the teams that he played on, Horace Grant wasn't the guy in Orlando. He wasn't the guy in the, on the Lakers. He wasn't the guy on the Chicago Bulls. When we thought about the Chicago Bulls, we thought about Jordan, Phil Jackson, Scottie Pippen, then maybe Horace Grant. And then you look, you look at those Orlando teams, you thought about Penny Hardaway and Shaq and Nick Anderson, then maybe Horace Grant. But, uh, you know, they, they're coming after Michael. They call him Michael a lot. And I'm not saying Michael is telling the, like, I'm not saying Michael's the absolute, I'm not saying he's the absolute most, he's, he's honest. Uh, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that because it is his perspective. But, but Clyde Drexler, Clyde Drexler, he took big offense. Well, not big offense, but he was saying, he basically said on this, on, you know, when he was doing his interview, this video interview or whatever, he said, uh, Michael need to let like grudges go. He need to let grudges go. He need to leave those grudges back where, you know, back when they were playing. He said, fast forward 20, 25 years later, he shouldn't still be thinking like that. Clyde is upset. Now Clyde is upset. Clyde is upset. Clyde, Clyde Drexler, when and he's and he's talking about when you know I don't know if you, you got if you guys watched the Last Dance in the '92 Finals, the media was comparing Michael Jordan and Clyde Drexler because at the time they were the best two, they were the best, they were the top two shooting guards in basketball, they were the top two wing players in basketball, and. Michael took big offense, like, like, and he said that. He said that. He said it in the doc. He said he took big offense to those comparisons, and rightfully so. He's Michael Jordan, rightfully so. And I mean, it, it with Clyde Drexler, it's not like he said, "Oh, he." It's not like he's. It's not like Michael Jordan said Clyde wasn't a great player or Clyde wasn't great. But he said he took big offense to that, and rightfully so. Michael was the better player. Michael was a better shooter. Michael, Michael had ambidextrous skills. Michael, Michael was the better defender. Mind you, Clyde, Clyde Drexler played no defense. Clyde Drexler played no defense in his entire career. He was not as committed as to playing basketball. He was not as committed as Jordan was. So, yeah, hell yeah. Jordan should take big offense to it. Jordan, Jordan, Michael Jordan should have, he should have take, taken big offense to it. 
Like I said, Drexler didn't play defense, never played defense in his career, never developed a left hand. He didn't develop his, he like, he didn't develop ambidextral skills. He always went right with his head down, driving to the basket, never developed that. He never developed that part of his game. And then you look at, you look at, you take, you take out, you take out, not even just his playing career, but then where he coached the university, when he coached at the University of Houston. When he coached at the University of Houston in college for two years, it was absolutely horrible. Things wasn't, he wasn't committed. Clyde Drexler was not committed. And I said, he's great. Clyde Drexler is great. He's a Hall of Famer. I'm not taking none of that away from him. And eventually he did win his championships. But he wasn't as committed to being the best like Michael was. He was, near, he was nearly the defender that Michael Jordan was. And Drexler didn't even develop a left hand. Clyde Drexler didn't even have a left hand. He didn't develop ambidextral skills. And then you take a look at his, of his brief coaching career at, at the University of Houston. He wasn't committed. He wasn't all in. He wasn't all in. <laughs> Simple as that. His alma mater got rid of him. He wasn't all in. He wasn't committed. He wasn't nearly as committed. And one could argue Michael hasn't been a great executive uh, of, you know, when he doing his Wizards days or his Charlotte days right as we speak right now. One can make that argument. But Michael's committed. When he was playing, the point is, he should be offended that those comparisons were made. Michael was the better player. Michael was the better all-around player, the better defender, the better scorer. And he was just much more committed to winning. Simple as that. Simple as that. Why? Why is that a big deal? And I feel like, and this is this is it, it's a lot of players like this in the league. I was talking about James Harden uh, a couple weeks ago, where I, where you know I mentioned that James Harden wasn't you know he didn't get an invite to the call, and I basically said, well, I mean James Harden, if he doesn't win a ring, that's fine. If if James Harden never wins a ring, but he finishes top ten. In, in the all-time scoring list, that's a great career. That's a great career. He'd be remembered as a really, uh, a, I mean, a really potent scorer in, 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 in the game of basketball. You know, he had his own signature style. He'd be remembered. He'd be a good, he'd be a great player. He'd be a Hall of Fame player. But there's always a but. These guys are great, but. Kevin Durant, I, I mentioned it. He had a, I mean, he, he 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 was pissed when that newspaper article and headline came out after that stinker he had against Memphis. It happened again in Golden State. Draymond yelled at him. Draymond got in his got in his grill a little bit. He flees. He flees Golden State. Leaves Steph Curry behind. Flees Golden State. Difficult. Kyrie. I often talk about this with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is a great finisher. He is a great finisher. And for my eyes, he, ha he has the best handle I've ever seen. For just for my money and my eyes, he has the best handle I've ever seen. 
And he's a really and he's a really nip, he's a really gifted finisher with both hands. But the 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 the, the basis around Kyrie is difficult to work with, typically hurt and or injured. Not really a leader or a captain, yeah. No, that, that that that's that's gonna be his. That's gonna be his style, and it's nothing wrong with that. But don't, don't like with Clyde Drexler and all these other people, like with Scottie Pippen. Scottie, what do you mean? Because Scottie feels he because Scottie Pippen was a little disgruntled as well after his. You know, after he saw the MJ doc, after he saw the last dance, he was disgruntled as well. And I'm like, Scotty, they didn't bring up the DUI. They didn't bring up the the gun charge you had. They didn't bring those points up. They didn't bring those points up. Michael Jordan, in, in the last dance, said, please do not mention my name without mentioning Scotty Pippen. Jordan... Never, I mean, I, I, that's probably the greatest, that's probably the best compliment I ever heard Jordan give out. Is that, please do not mention my name without Scottie Pippen. I don't win those six championships without Scottie Pippen. That's literally what Jordan said. And Scottie Pippen is disgruntled. Now, Scottie, I mean, you had your breakdown moment. And, you know, where, you know, that year when you didn't get, you didn't get the, the call you wanted. Field, 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 and he didn't draw up the play for you to get the shot for the last for the game winner. You had a hissy fit. You stayed on the you stayed on the bench, doing you know when you were talking. You said you don't regret it. You would you would do the same thing. So you were a great player. You were a Hall of Fame player. You were the best. You were the best. You were, you was the best Robin and you probably the best Robin in league history, but. You lack leadership qualities. You lack leadership skills. Simple as that. You lack those intangibles. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody can't be leaders. Nothing wrong with that. Or, or a good one, at least. Every, you get, there's nothing wrong with that. But don't say you was mis... You, you know, your, 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 your perception is being misconstrued. No, it was not. Actually... MJ in the last dance gave you a, did you a favor. Didn't bring we didn't you know a lot of people didn't know about Scottie Pippen's DUI charges and his gun charge. His you know he got, he got charged for possess, possession of a weapon. We they didn't bring that up in the in the last in the in the last dance doc. And for people that didn't know that yes that happened and that's real, but that they didn't show you that in the last dance. So if anything, Michael did you favors. He gave you a he gave, he did you a gesture and he gave you the best compliment I've ever heard from Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan don't give out compliments like that, and he gave one to you, and that was probably the best one that I've heard him give. I I don't know what the problem is. Clyde Drexler, you was not committed. You was not as committed as Michael Jordan. You was not as committed. If you were committed, you would develop a left hand. You would you would have developed a left hand sometime in your career. You didn't. You would have committed yourself to playing defense. You didn't. <laughs> it's as simple as that. You still got your championships. You're a Hall of Famer. You're going to be remembered as an all-time great player. But you're not, you're not Michael Jordan. And you were not as committed as Michael Jordan. Simple as that. What is, what's wrong with people? 
What's wrong with people? What's wrong with people? And I'm not, and, I, and I'm not like taking up for Mike. I'm not saying Mike is perfect. I'm not saying, I mean, he is perfect in the finals, but I'm not saying he's a perfect guy. And he's, he's being absolutely a hundred percent honest. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Cause there's, you know, there's, you know, skeptical about the pizza thing, whatever, but Hey, we don't, we, 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 we that's not the, that's not the topic of the, of the, of the, of the discussion right now. We're talking about how former players were, or supposedly, quote unquote, misperceived. They don't like how they were perceived in Last Dance. But I don't see nothing wrong with how these players were received. Uh, you talk about you talk about Scottie Pippen, Clyde Drexler, Horton, like I don't see no problem. That's who you guys were. That's who you guys were. And with Scottie, and with Scottie's, uh, you know, his issue with. A great player, all-time great player. I, I gave you all a list of accolades, but he wasn't a great leader. And that's a lot of superstar athletes. A lot of superstar athletes don't have the leadership intangibles. That's why when you have a guy like Russell Wilson and Tom Brady, you 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 wrap your arms around those guys. LeBron James, you, Michael Jordan, you wrap your arms around these guys. These this is this is why these guys. Are just a notch above. Because you wrap your arms around these guys. Aaron Rodgers, great talent. I mean, the, the guy has great talent. But as a leader, uh, it's shaky. Leadership qualities, leadership traits, mm, shaky. Shaky. He, he doesn't possess many. He doesn't possess many. And that's a lot of superstar athletes. A lot of superstar athletes, a lot of star athletes don't have leadership traits about themselves. Which is fine. It's fine. It's it's fine. It's not like a rare breed. Like no, it's typical. It's it's typical. A lot of twenty five year old males wouldn't be able to handle the spotlight and all the fame. It is fine, but that is why certain guys. I see Russell Wilson, Brady, LeBron, Jordan, Peyton Manning. I wrap my arms around them. I I I thank them. I show them praise because. They have those intangibles, and it's and I show Scotty praise too. I show Durant praise too. I show Kyrie praise too, but they don't possess those leadership traits, those leadership qualities, and not a lot of superstars do. Not a lot of superstar athletes do. Simple as that. Yeah, that's how I feel on that. So <laughs> the inter- the internet is so crazy and. It's positive at times, but it can be negative at times and just such a big distraction. So, as you all know, <laughs> we're going through a pandemic in the country. <laughs> Worldwide, really. But in our country, we're going through a pandemic. Some states are starting to reopen things slowly but surely. But we're still in the, we're still in the pandemic. Um, you know, Minneapolis is up in flames. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Minneapolis is up from frames. And I was just scrolling through social media. <laughs> and what do you know? Kylie Jenner, she lied about her. Her, uh, you know, she's not a billionaire. So, okay, I was like, okay. I read the story, you know, that she, she, she lied about her revenue for a company and her business. And then at the bottom it said... Well, she's th- she has about uh, 
$900 million. I'm like, people, why are we, why are we talking about this? We're going through a pandemic, okay? Going through a pandemic, unemployment rate is at, is, it's at an all-time high. Stocks dipping, businesses, big-time businesses all around the country not doing so well. <laughs> Minneapolis, we just had a, we just had a, uh, we, I don't even know what you call that in, in, in Minneapolis. We just had a, like a, a mo- that was like a modern day like lynching in in Minneapolis by the police. So, so like that that that's going on. And then I scroll and people are arguing about the they're arguing the difference of nine hundred million dollars and a billion. <laughs> crazy, crazy, absolutely ridiculous. It is crazy. Why are we talking about Kylie Jenner's uh, billionaire or not not billionaire status? Why 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 are we why are we talking about that? Why why is that drawing so many heads? Like why why we're, we're we're going through so much right now in America, and that was the topic. And I woke up to that story. I, I you know I got on social media and I woke up to that. So, <laughs> um, also, on a, well, that was a serious note too. But to con- to continue on the serious note, Michael Porter Jr. came out and said something. He tweeted something, and you go, you can go find a tweet. I, I, I'm not gonna reread his tweet, but it was pretty controversial. Uh, a lot of NBA players, a lot of celebrities, uh, they they came for him. They, 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 a lot of everybody was pushing back on what he said, and it was very controversial. Uh, you know, you can go find the tweet, but Michael Porter Jr. tweeted out something, and, and it was, it was concerning the Minneapolis, uh, situation that, 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 that was, ap- that, that's absolutely horrendous, um, and not even. See, it's like not even seeable. You don't even want to watch it. Uh, it's such a bad scene. But once again, this goes back to my last my last dance uh, point about MJ and athletes not being politicians and activists. Now, even though social media, Michael Porter Jr. is a figure. He's an NBA player. And a lot of NBA players, a lot of notable celebrities are coming out and, you know, speaking, you know, giving their opinion on the situation. Michael Porter Jr. Fall. This is why I don't first I don't take my P's and Q's from from celebrities and athletes. I just don't. I don't. I'm not going to take my P's and Q's from Drake. (laughs) I'm not going to take my P's and Q's from Michael Porter Jr. Simple as that. I don't. I don't do it. I I, I don't do it. And uh, I would. I, I was. If you guys do. If you. If you. If you're out there and you do take your P's and Q's and you listen to your your favorite celebrity or your favorite music, your favorite like rapper or musician that is uh, that's that has that picks a side and whatever. You know, like rethink that. Do your own thinking. 
Do your own thinking. Get your brain, get your own brain, your own brain cells flowing. Like work, think for yourself. Think for yourself. Okay. So you think for yourself that I, I typically don't need my athletes speaking out. Now you can speak out. You can speak out like LeBron. What he does great. But if Damian Leonard doesn't want to talk about politics, I'm not going to force him. I'm not going to force him. If Zion Williamson doesn't want to talk about politics, I'm not going to force him. If Patrick Mahomes don't want to talk about I'm not going to force him. I'm not going to force him to be an activist. I'm not going to force him to be a politician. Hell, some of our politicians can't get it right. <laughs> so what? if some of our politicians can't get it right... <laughs> And we're questioning them every day. <laughs> what makes you think I want a guy that's an athlete, and and I'm not I'm, and I'm not insulting any athlete's intelligence because, like I said, there's guys that are quote unquote qualified, the politicians, and we we you know we question them every day, especially throughout these last two three months. We have questioned them every day. Every move Trump has made, every move that you know that any governor or mayor has made, we question. So, if we're questioning them and we don't think they're doing a good job, why? Why would I take my P's and Q's from an athlete? And this is why I don't. This is why I say I don't. Need, I don't particularly need my athletes. If my athletes like that's that's what I'm saying. I didn't have a. I didn't have a problem. With Michael Jordan not saying anything or not choosing a side or not verbally or publicly endorsing any candidate. I I, I don't need, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I am okay with my athletes just being athletes. And and, And by no means, and once again, by no means, I'm saying shut up and dribble. I'm not saying that. But if you wanna if you wanna go into that lane, I would just say, athletes, if you wanna go into that lane, if you wanna go into the political lane, I would just say, um, do some research, educate yourself about the about the initial topic at hand, or whatever topic you're gonna point out, or whatever you know, whatever debate you're gonna point out, I would just say, educate yourself. Do some research before coming out. That's all I'm saying. Now, if you if you don't want to do it, fine by me. If you want to do it, that's that's okay. That's okay too. May God bless you. <laughs> May God bless you. But that's why I don't have a problem with athletes not speaking out. I don't have a problem. I don't have, I don't have a problem with it. If 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 if, if Luka Doncic don't want to be an activist, fine by me. Continue to drop 30. <laughs> if Lamar Jackson doesn't want to be an activist or a politician, fine by me. You have worked so hard. You do not you have you you do not work hard to be a politician. You work hard to be a star football player. So if you put a lot of energy into that, so if you want to do that, continue to do that. And I'm gonna support you. I don't I don't I I don't want I, I don't need athletes to speak out. If they do Great. If they don't, also great too. Also great too. I just thought I'd touch bases on that. 
because uh, Michael Porter Jr. got attacked on Twitter. I mean, he got attacked on Twitter. And what he said was controversial. But that is why I say athletes and, you know, musicians and other celebrities of such, I, I, you know, if you if if you're not if you if you're not if you don't have enough research or you don't have enough knowledge about the topic at hand or whatever, don't speak out. Don't speak out. Or if you don't th- you don't think it's the right time, don't speak out. So one last thing I want to touch bases on with you guys today. It's been a great pod. It's been a really good pod. Um, hopefully the NBA season, NBA playoffs, they give us a date. Or a return date. I think my suggestion from the last episode, bringing in media coverage or getting media coverage, or not even media coverage, but get some cameras in that training facility so you can get get out content. Um, yeah. So let's attack this last point that I have for us. Like I said, it's been a great part of the day, but let's attack my last point. So, an anonymous NFL GM came out and said Cam Newton's decline is evident. An anonymous NFL GM said this. His decline is evident. And once again, um, I'm I'm not here to bash Cam Newton, but I am here to tell the truth about Cam Newton. And I want to do, I want to I want to point out two things. The injuries have taken a toll. The play style has taken a toll. And it and his play style has led to those injuries. Now, I, you know, some reports earlier this week came out and said Carolina, or oh, well, no, a former player of the Panthers, a former teammate of Cam Newton, Mike Tolbert, uh, the running back, fullback, um, he said Carolina Panthers mishandled his injuries. Uh, so I, I don't know the details of that, but that's what Mike Tober said. Former Panthers, former teammate of, of Cam Newton's. That's what he said. He said the Panthers mishandled his, his injuries. Now... I have been I've been on this Cam Newton thing for about for about what now two months now two three two and a half months now, where we enter free agency, and I saw the quarterback market. It hasn't really and I and I, and I noticed this, and it's it's obviously it's continued it's a continuous trend. The quarterback market hasn't really favored Cam Newton. The older quarterbacks. Brady, Roethlisberger, Breeze, um, Philip Rivers—they they, they haven't retired, so those are still starting jobs that they still retain and have. Then you have your young quarterbacks that teams are going with, and then you, and then you have a team like Jacksonville who they're going with Gardner Minshew, but Jacksonville has traded away—I mean, just about every solid player that they had, they traded away, and they're obviously tanking. And then there's other teams like New England who not quite sure about the quarterback position and who's going to be the guy, who's going to be the starting guy. But like I said, the Cam Newton 
and the New England fit with Bill Belichick, I just don't think it will work out. I think this. I think it's too. I think they're two different people. And I just. I always talk about the finding the perfect match in this league. I always talk about it when we're talking about quarterbacks in these teams. I always point to match. Is it a good match? Does he have the right personnel around him? Um, the coach and, and, I, and the coach and quarterback tandem. I did the rankings for that. I've ranked the, the 10 best coach and quarterback tandems. And most of, those, most of those guys on that list, if not all of those guys or those tandems or duos on that list, they're good matches. Especially the especially the people that the especially the tandems that I have, you know, high on my list, they're good matches. They're good matches for each other, and I just think that I didn't think the Cam Newton and the New England, you know, the Bill Belichick, I didn't think that I didn't think that dynamic was going to pan out. I didn't think that worked stylistically. Cam is not efficient. Belichick values efficiency. Cam is uh, a, a big-time celebrity, a little goofy at times. Belichick is low-key and most of the time serious, if not all the time. And this is what the league is gravitating to. This is when I pointed out Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater's, Teddy Bridgewater getting jobs. I was like, it's not that Case Keenum is more talented than Cam, because he's not. It's not that Teddy Bridgewater is more talented than Cam, because he's not. It's the fact that those guys are mature adults. They're adults in the locker room. I pointed out what I, Carolina pointed out. His own, his former team, his own team pointed it out. His own team brought in a mature guy that they wanted, that they they want to build the coach around Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be that quarterback five years down the road. He's probably not. He's probably not going to be that quarterback five years down the road. But he's a quarterback that is a mature guy, a veteran that has won games in this league, and he's a mature guy that's won games in this league. And you can't, you can't, you 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 you, you can't, you can't, you can't take that out. You can't. So that that that's that's what I that's what I'm getting from it. The league, the league. They, they they want mature guys in the locker room. They don't need a celebrity backup. I say that for the Chargers. The Chargers didn't they didn't want Cam because they was like, uh, we like Tyrod, and plus we don't need a celebrity backup. We don't need a lot of press. We don't need a lot of superstardom. We dealt with Phillip Rivers a lot. Now Phillip Rivers is gone. So that is what the league is looking for and aiming with with Cam Newton. That's what they're looking for. And and, and that's and, and I think Cam Newton eventually, like I said. Eventually, Cam Newton will get a job. I think Pittsburgh. I think they're out of their minds if they don't even take a take a look at Cam. Like if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm drafting Cam. I'm drafting. I'm signing Cam Newton as my backup, just in case Ben Roethlisberger his health is not um at, at, you know at, at the the best or where I thought it would be. If he's not that, then I have Cam Newton to rely on, not Mason Rudolph. But I think eventually Cam Newton will get a starting job. But with COVID nineteen, uh, training set, training camps being closed, teams can't like Cam can't come in for teams and work out. He can't show teams that he's fully healthy. So that goes to my point. I'm not saying Nick Foles. I'm not. I, I think Cam is 
Cam is definitely more talented than Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater. He's more talent. He's more talented than Nick Foles. He has more talent than all those guys. But those guys continue to get jobs. They continue to find spots on rosters because they're mature. You can build a coach around them. That's all. That that's all. That's all. That 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 is all it is. That is all it is. I kid you not. That is all it is with this Camden situation. Um, and that GM, he says his his decline is evident. Probably so. Probably so. But his arm, I think it's still, I think it's still better than I think his arm is quite better than a lot of quarterbacks in this league. Athletically, he may not be the same athlete as far as a runner, but Cam is still still has a great build to himself. He has good measurables, but I think he has to find the perfect match or the proper match. And I think Pittsburgh would fit that proper match. I think Pittsburgh would be the correct match for Cam Newton for him for a, a, for a potential landing spot. That's what I think. Hey, that, that, that is what I, that is what I think. So, um, I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. By the way, I've been coming up with some tier lists. I have quarterback tiers. I have my Super Bowl bubble. Um, I'm going to display that next week. I'm going to display that next week. I came up with my tiers. I know I did a quarterback tier episode uh, not too long ago, but I think like last month I did a quarterback tier episode. But um, I'm going to do, but I figured, I I know, I, I made my own tiers. I like this tier list that I came up with. I think it's better than the one previous that I, the, 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 la- the latest one that I that I had I, I like this one better this one that I came up with this past weekend I like this or this past week rather I like this one much better um so I have a, a quarterback tier and a Super Bowl bubble tier ish a quarterback a Super Bowl tier that um that I have that I'm going I'm gonna display I'm probably gonna display both of them next week but if not Certainly, I'm going to display my quarterback tier that I have designed and made. Um, I like it. I like it. So, without further ado, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Uh, like I said, continue to um, stream and download this podcast, whether you do it from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon, uh, wherever you find, wherever you guys find this podcast, I might post the IGTV. Continue to stream it. Continue to watch it. Spread the word. We're going. We're we're on our way. Uh, we're almost. We're getting through this together. Um, I know there's a couple soccer leagues that have that 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 you know they're saying that they're gonna come back in June. Hopefully the NBA gives us a set date. We're crossing our fingers that they give us a set date. Baseball. Got some news there. We're probably going to break that down next week or the next part with the next episode, rather. So thank you guys for tuning in. Two choices. Always remember, two choices, one decision. I'm out.